My name is Todd Ruder and I'm an English teacher at Maine West and uh, I am reading the book Night Road by Kristen Hanna. Um, this actually is a book um, my mom actually likes the author or like the author and so she recommended this uh, and I didn't really expect to like it but I really loved this book. It is a book that really kind of discusses the complex issue of underage teen drinking, teenage drinking. So that's why I really like the book. And so I'm going to start with chapter one. Lexi Bale studied a Washington state map until the tiny red geographical markings shimmied in front of her tired eyes. There was a vaguely magical air about the place, names. They hinted at a landscape she could hardly imagine of snow-draped mountains that came right down to the water's edge, of trees as tall and straight as church steeples, of an endless smogless blue sky. She pictured eagles perched on telephone poles and stars that seemed close enough to grasp. Bears probably crept through the quiet subdivisions at night, looking for places that not long ago had been theirs. Her new home. She wanted to think that her life would be different there, but how could she believe that, really? At 14, she might not know much, but she knew this. Kids in the system were returnable, like old soda bottles and shoes that pinched your toes. Yesterday, she'd been wakened early by her caseworker and told to pack her things again. I have good news, Miss Waters had said. Even half asleep, Lexi knew what that meant. Another family, that's great. Thanks, Miss Waters. Not just a family your family. Right, of course, my new family. It'll be great. Miss Waters made that disappointed sound, a soft exhalation of breath that wasn't quite a sigh. You've been strong, Lexi, for so long. Lexi tried to smile. Don't feel bad, Miss W. I know how hard it is to place older kids. And the Rexler family was cool. If my mom hadn't come back, I think that one would have worked out. None of it was your fault, you know. Yeah, Lexi said. On good days, she could make herself believe that the people who returned her had their own problems. On bad days, and they were coming more often lately, she wondered what was wrong with her, why she was so easy to leave. You have relatives, Lexi. I found your great aunt. Her name is Eva Lang. She's 66 years old, and she lives in Port George, Washington. Lexi sat up. What? My mom said. I had no relatives. Your mother was mistaken. You do have family. Lexi had spent a lifetime waiting for those few precious words. Her world had always been dangerous, uncertain, a ship heading for the shoals. She had grown up mostly alone among strangers, a modern-day feral child fighting for scraps of food and attention, never receiving enough of either. Most of it she'd blocked out entirely, but when she tried, when one of the state shrinks made her try, she could remember being hungry, wet, reaching out for a mother who was too high to hear her or too strung out to care. She remembered sitting for days in a dirty playpen, crying, waiting for someone to remember her existence. Now she stared out the dirty window of a Greyhound bus. Her caseworker sat beside her, reading a romance novel. After more than 26 hours en route, they were finally nearing their destination. Outside a steel wool sky swallowed the treetops.
Rain made squiggling patterns on the window, blurring the view. It was like another planet here in Washington. Gone were the sun-scorched bread-crust-colored hills of Southern California and the gray crisscross of traffic-clogged freeways. The trees were steroid big. So were the mountains. Everything seemed overgrown and wild. The bus pulled up to a squat cement-colored terminal and came to a wheezing, jerking stop. A cloud of black smoke wafted across her window, obscuring the parking lot for a moment. Then the rain pounded it away. The bus doors whooshed open. Lexi? She heard Miss Waters' voice and thought, move, Lexi, but she couldn't do it. She looked up at the woman who had been the only steady presence in her life for the last six years. Every time a foster family had given up on Lexi, returning her like a piece of fruit gone bad, Miss Waters had been there, waiting with a sad little smile. It wasn't much to return to, maybe, but it was all Lexi knew, and suddenly she was afraid to lose even that small familiarity. What if she doesn't come, Lexi asked. Miss Waters held out her hand with its veiny twig-like fingers and big knuckles. She will. Lexi took a deep breath. She could do this. Of course she could. She had moved into seven foster homes in the past five years and gone to six different schools in the same amount of time. She could handle this. She reached out for Miss Waters' hand. They walked single file down the narrow bus aisle, bumping the cushioned seats on either side of them. Off the bus, Lexi retrieved her scuffled red suitcase, which was almost too heavy to carry, filled as it was with the only things that really mattered to her, books. She dragged it to the very edge of the sidewalk and stood there, perched at the rim of the curb. It felt like a dangerous drop off that little cliff of concrete. One wrong step could break a bone or send her headlong into traffic. Miss Waters came up beside Lexi, opening an umbrella. The rain made a thumping sound on the stretched nylon. One by one, the other passengers disembarked from the bus and disappeared. Lexi looked at the empty parking lot and wanted to cry. How many times had she been in exactly this position? Every time Mama dried out, she came back for her daughter. Give me another chance, baby girl. Tell the nice judge here you love me. I'll be better this time. I won't forget about you no more. And every time Lexi waited, she probably changed her mind. That won't happen, Lexi. It could. You have family, Lexi, Miss Waters repeated the terrifying words, and Lexi slipped. Hope tiptoed in. Family. She dared to test out the unfamiliar world. It melted on her tongue like candy, leaving sweetness behind. A banged-up blue Ford Fairlane pulled up in front of them and parked. The car was dented along the fender and underlined in rust. Duct tape crisscrossed a cracked window. The driver's door opened slowly and a woman emerged. She was short and gray-haired with watery brown eyes and the kind of diamond-patterned skin that came with heavy smoking. Amazingly, she looked familiar, like an older, wrinkled version of Mama. At that, the impossible word came back to Lexi, swollen now with meaning. Family. Alexa, the woman said in a scratchy voice. Lexi couldn't make herself answer. She wanted this woman to smile or maybe even hug her. But Eva Lang just stood there, 
her dried apple face turned into a deep frown. I'm your great aunt, your grandmother's sister. I never knew my grandmother was all Lexi could think of to say. All this time I thought you were living with your daddy's people. I don't have a dad. I mean, I don't know who he is. Mama didn't know. Aunt Eva sighed. I know that now, thanks to Miss Waters here. Is that all your stuff? Lexi felt a wave of shame. Yeah. Miss Waters gently took the suitcase from Lexi and put it in the back seat. Go on, Lexi, get in the car. Your aunt wants you to live with her. Yeah, for now. Miss Waters pulled Lexi into a fierce hug, whispering, Don't be afraid. Lexi almost hung on too long. At the last second before it turned embarrassing, she let go and stumbled free. She went to the battered car and wrenched the door open. It rattled and pinged and swung wide. Inside, the car had two brown vinyl bench seats with cracked seams that burped up a gray padding. It smelled like a mixture of mint and smoke, as if a million menthol cigarettes had been smoked within. Lexi sat as close to the door as possible. Through the cracked window, she waved at Miss Waters, watching her caseworker disappear into the gray haze as they drove away. She let her fingertips graze the cold glass, as if a little touch like that could connect her with a woman she could no longer see. I was sorry to hear about your mama's passing, Aunt Eva said after a long and uncomfortable silence. She's in a better place now. That must be a comfort to you. Lexi had never known what to say to that. It was a sentiment she'd heard from every stranger who'd ever taken her in. Poor Lexi, with her dead, drug addict mother. No one really knew what Mama's life had been like. The men, the heroin, the vomiting, the pain. Or how terrible the end had been. Only Lexi knew all of that. She stared out the window at this new place of hers. It was bold and green and dark. Even in the middle of the day, after a few miles, a sign welcomed them to the Port George Reservation. Here, there were Native American symbols everywhere. Carved orca whales marked the shop fronts. Manufactured homes sat on untended lots, many of them with rusting cars or appliances in the yard. On this late August afternoon, empty firework stands attested to the recent holiday and a glittering casino was being built on a hillside overlooking the sound. Signs led them to the Chief South Mobile Home Park, and Eva drove through the park and pulled up in front of a yellow and white double-wide trailer. In the misty rain, it looked blurred somehow, rounded with disappointment. Plastic gray pots full of leggy, dying petunias guarded the front door, which was painted Easter egg blue. In the front window, a pair of plaid curtains hung like fabric hourglasses, cinched in the middle with strands of fuzzy yellow yarn. It isn't much, Aunt Eva said, looking ashamed. I rent from the tribe. Lexi didn't know what to say. If her aunt had seen some of the places Lexi had lived in her life, she wouldn't have made excuses for this pretty little trailer. It's nice. Come on, her aunt said, turning off the engine. Lexi followed her aunt across a gravel path and up the front door. Inside, the mobile home was neat as a pin. A small L-shaped kitchen sidled up to a dining area that held a yellow speckled formica and chrome table with four chairs. 
in the living room, a plaid love seat, and two blue vinyl lazy boys faced the TV on a metal stand. On the end table, there were two pictures, one of an old woman with horn-rimmed glasses and one of Elvis. The air smelled like cigarette smoke and fake flowers. There were purple air fresheners hanging from almost every knob in the kitchen. Sorry if the place kind of smells. I quit smoking last week when I found out about you. Aunt Eva said, turning to look at Lexi. Secondhand smoke and kids is a bad mix, right? A strange feeling overtook Lexi. It was bird-like, fluttery, and so foreign she didn't recognize the emotion right away. Hope. This stranger, this aunt, had quit smoking for her, and she'd taken Lexi in when obviously money was tight. She looked at the woman, wanting to say something, but nothing came out. She was afraid she might jinx everything with the wrong word. I'm kind of out of my depth here, Lexi, Aunt Eva finally said, Oscar and me. He was my husband, and we never had kids. Try, just didn't. So I don't know about raising kids. If you're going to be, I'll be good. I swear it. Don't change your mind, please. If you keep me, you won't be sorry. If I keep you? Aunt Eva pursed her thin lips, gave a little frown. Your mama sure did a number on you. Can't say I'm surprised. She broke my sister's heart, too. She was good at hurting people, Lexi said quietly. We're family, Eva said. I don't really know what that means. Aunt Eva smiled, but it was sad. That smile and it wounded Lexi, reminding her that she was a little broken. Life with Mama had left its mark. It means you're staying here with me. And I guess you'd best just call me Eva from now on, because that ant bit is going to get old fast. She started to turn away. Lexi grabbed her aunt's thin wrist, feeling the velvety soft skin wrinkle in her grasp. She hadn't meant to do it. Shouldn't have done it, but it was too late now. What is it, Lexi? Lexi could hardly form the two small words. They felt like a pair of stones in her tight throat, but she had to say them. Had to. Thank you, she said, her eyes stinging. I won't cause you any trouble. I swear it. You probably will, Eva said, and finally she smiled. You're a teenager, right? But it's okay, Lexi. It's okay. I've been alone a long time. I'm glad you're here. Lexi could only nod. She'd been alone a long time, too. So this is just kind of an introduction to Lexi, who is this teenager who is clearly broken. And you will see later on that she meets two people who she becomes very close to. They're twins from a different family. And again, this is about kind of drinking and driving, underage drinking. And one of the things I liked about this is I've been watching 13 Reasons Why. And 13 Reasons Why is a very captivating show because it's very serious and kind of somber, but it's related to the topic of teenage suicide. This book, Night Road, is similar to, to 13 Reasons Why in that it's serious and somber and very much about drinking and driving and teenage underage drinking and exactly what is the right way to deal with that, uh, which is not an easy answer. So I hope that you get into the book and I hope you really enjoy it as I did.